Welcome to the Heroes and Doers podcast. I'm Becky Kaiser, and I'll be the host for this show. Do you need a space where you can show up just as you are? This is your place. Dry shampoo, crying kids, messy house, and barking dogs are all welcome here. Do you need a cheerleader who sees all your amazing potential and unique ways God's called and created you? Done, I'm signing up as captain. I'm a certified life coach and Bible teacher with decades of experience who isn't afraid to tell you the truth you need to hear. Some weeks I'll be sharing practical and encouraging and sometimes correcting shows, and other weeks I'll be introducing you to new and old friends. You ready? Let's go, my friend. Kelly and Jen, thank you so much for being, y'all are my very first interview for Here's the That's Doers. That's so exciting. I can't even believe that. So yeah, fun. And a fun fact real quick. We are interviewing Kelly and Jen. Kelly's my bestie. And she also helped come up with the name Here's and Doers. Yes. Yes. On an airplane. I credit you. On an airplane. I credit it all to you, Kelly. I'm working on naming all your things. Yes, it's true. And she has helped name my book. <laughs> oh, there's that. Okay. To start off, I, Kelly and Jen, before we start talking about your new book, Waiting in Hope, plus some other super helpful things that everyone needs to listen to, mm-hmm. I want you to introduce yourself. So I want you to share where you live, what you spend your days doing, and how about since your new book is called Waiting in Hope. Share something super frivolous, not at all spiritual, that you really hope happens in your life. Good one. No pressure. That's kind of one. like a big question. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, Kelly Ramsey. I am a mom of two boys. I've been married for 17 years what? this summer. That's very grown up. That seems super grown up. <laughs> all right, we're going to move along from that one. And um, to my wonderful husband, Justin, and we live in the Woodlands, Texas near Becky. I'm trying to get back on her street. We're renovating the house, but it's taking forever. 10 doors down. And, um, it's been my days doing running, waiting hope ministries, chasing my children to and fro all the things Mm -hmm. and trying to, you know, seek the Lord and love him and be really Holy spirit, spirit driven. Like that's, Mm -hmm. I think my gate, my day goal. Yeah. Um, Okay, but what's something I'm really hoping for? Oh, that's a really hard question. Um, well, I turned 40 this year and I'm really was hoping for a trip either with close friends mm-hmm. or with my husband. Not so, just the close friends, I think. Oh, yeah. With <laughs> just <laughs> Becky, clearly. No, um, yeah, so I'm really hoping for that. So that's not like a huge thing, but I just think it'd be fun. I don't ask for things like that. Yes, that would be super fun. If it's with, I mean, if it was in Europe, that would be better, but let's be honest, that's not happening. Who can leave the country? We both can't leave the country. That's very dangerous. (laughs) Hey, Jen, tell us about you. Yeah, I am Jen Hesse. And what am I saying? Oh, yes, I am saying that I live in Oregon. So a bit away from Kelly and you. Um, And Mm -hmm. Who I am. Well, I'm married to my husband. Who I am. am. Yes. My husband, and we've been married 19 years. So next year is our 20th. And um, now I'm skipping ahead, but the hope is we honeymooned in Cancun. And so that's the the hope for next year. I'm totally skipping this, jumping around, but um, the hope is to go back 
next year to an all-inclusive and spend a week there just relaxing wow. in yes, the sun. That sounds amazing. You should do that. And what you don't know about Jen is not only is she in Oregon right now, but she has had the stomach virus going through her entire house all week long. And because she's in Oregon and she's having to hide in another room, she also might freeze a few times. So like right now, she <laughs> she's completely <laughs> frozen. So we're going to keep going until she can rejoin us. Oh, Which is kind of perfect because Kelly, you need to answer the next question anyway. Okay. I'd love for y'all to share your story, both with the start of the ministry and then how the book came to be. I know it's a loaded question, but Kel, <laughs> why did you start waiting out know, ministry? And then what inspired y'all to write the book? First of all, I didn't want to start waiting out ministry. <laughs> True story. I basically had to, I couldn't not what it got down to. and. When I've tried to quit, it was a, I can't not still. <laughs> um, so from our own journey, I mean, we waited, I guess, three years total and about a year and a half of actual like treatments and walking through the journey of infertility. Um, but then again, I wasn't on birth control basically the whole time mm -hmm. we were married. And so <laughs> honestly, like, I mean, we were trying a lot longer than that and didn't know. Um, because we were not very good at me taking pills and, and being <laughs> smart and protective. We didn't know it was a problem. So waiting and hope started when I realized, oh my goodness, after a year, I'm all of myself in this. Like nobody yeah. gets it. I'm alone. It doesn't make sense. I have no one to talk to. And I just can't be the only one. Yeah. I mean, statistically it's one in eight. So I was like, there has to be more. Yeah. So I went to our women's director at the time. We were both going to the same church. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, what can we do? <laughs> like, this is what I need. I'm willing to help. And she was like, there's a big need. How about yeah. you start co-leading it? There's already been people who've come to me and happened to be that those people were already in my life velocity class. And I already knew them mm -hmm. and just in God's provision, we were all hiding in there mm -hmm. like alone. And so that's when the support group started. And then from there, it was just a continual, like little yes after little yes that I couldn't say no to until God did more with it. Um, I mean, I would definitely say it was ups and downs of our treatment ending or us getting pregnant with my first son and me stepping away because I was like, well, now I'm done. Yeah. And then the Lord calling and pulling us back into it mm -hmm. um, through miscarriages and also just from the Holy Spirit's work of like, everyone I know is talking to me again about infertility. Okay. And then I'm in infertility again in secondary and there's, we got to help more. Yeah. So that's how the ministry started. Um, and started supporting local churches and it's just grown from there. And we have our first international, Yay! our first international support group at a church starting in Ontario, Canada. Okay. So do, do a Canadian accent real quick. How do you, how would somebody say, hey. come to Waiting Hope in Canada? Hey, <laughs> no. The fun fact about Kelly is she can't do a single accent. None of them. Try it. Come to our group in Canada. Can I practice that one and come back later? <laughs> I got nothing. I mean, what does Canada sound like? All I got is A. Hey. hey. Okay. Sorry. Come to a waiting up group in Canada. Hey. hey. I failed. All right. Okay. So now, since Jen still can't get her internet working, I know she was going to talk about how the book came to be. Why don't you share um, about the book and how it came to be? 
Oh man. So Jen got on our content team. We just realized this. We looked it up um, five years ago. Wow. Close to it. And we found like the contract she signed to be a part of the ministry. And and that just happened. We like followed each other on social and it was like, we're saying the same thing. We were had the same voice and we're talking about the same stuff. And we're like, we need to meet. So we had a phone call and then we realized at the end of it, I think I was bold and said, Hey, I think we could do more together than we are doing apart. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's get in on this together. Would you, you have giftings I don't have. And I think we'd be a good team. And so she agreed. Thank you so much. And then we, um, what's funny is Justin actually told me Mm -hmm. they're viewing her book and I just put this on a blog post. I mean, a Mm-hmm. Instagram I saw that. post. Yeah. And it's crazy because when he told me, I just laughed and I right. thought it was the funniest thing ever. I was like, sure. When God tells me that I'll believe it. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Jen, after about a year on our team, she was like, so I've always wanted to write books. And I was like, okay, great. Good for you. And then the good, next good time for you, good for you. <laughs> I have a friend who can help. <laughs> um, no. And then after that, it became, she was like, I think this is the book that we're supposed mm-hmm. to, that, is on my heart to write first. And I was like, of course it is. Well, here's what Justin said. So then we started working on it during COVID of all mm-hmm. times. We found an wow. agent we love and it just all came together yeah. really easily. We worked on the proposal and then pitched. It's crazy. Weren't y'all like signing your contract when Jen was in labor or something yes. like that? We were signing our contract with W Publishing Yes. While she was at the hospital delivering and it was like, it's okay. We can get it two days from now. Like it'll yeah. be fine. So fun. So fun. Um, yeah. I love it. Okay. So that's a little bit about the journey. There's obviously a thousand things more you can learn about waiting to hope and Kelly or Jen will share at the end ways you can find out more about that ministry. Um, and you can always go to waiting and hope infertility.com. Nailed it. I'm so proud of you. And we just did a high five the right way. Um, okay, but I, I'd Most love to hear. Most people do a high five the right way, by the way. Oh, yeah. We never can land that one. Um, I'd love to hear, because I've written a book and I'm writing my second book and I do it by myself. What is it like writing a book with somebody else? It's already so complicated and hard to squeeze it in. Just like on your own brain power and time and calendar. So what is it like? writing with somebody else and the tree I've never ever met. I'm really sad she's not on here right now. I know. Jen, um it is true. We have never ever met, which is insane. But is she coming for the book launch? Yeah. Hey. So in just um two and a half weeks. Wow. We'll to meet. We're gonna record that when we Good. To say hi. First time. Yeah. I'm like, are you shorter than me? Are you taller than me? I don't even know. <laughs> That's crazy. No, I mean, you wrote a book with somebody that you've never met in person. I know. Only in 2023 is that like normal. Yeah. I mean, it's still not normal, but yes. We um, have been really, really thankful. It has just been, I mean, on my end, it's been really smooth and great. We balance each other out really well. And, um, And so it's been really nice. Like she brings structure where I can bring some of the emotional and like perspective and she's more trained in writing and as a writer and has done this professionally for publications for mm-hmm. a, a long time. And so it's just a fun balance. And the hardest thing was really like, for one, we gave ourselves 
a short amount to write each chapter Mm -hmm. and we wanted to write about a lot of topics. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it got tricky for Mm -hmm. us. Like, you know, we easily traded back and forth between the chapters somewhat who experienced it, who has more on this topic. Okay. That's good. That's kind of how we divided it up. Um, who, you know, I wrote the miscarriage chapter because she hasn't had one. She wrote the IVF chapter because she went through IVF. And so that's really how we did that. And then beyond it was like, well, I'll take this one. I'll take this Mm -hmm. one. And then sometimes I started one and she ended up finishing it or the other way around, like where we were like, no, I think we need to trade. So, but I think it's been really, really smooth. You know, Google, Google docs has been a game changer where we can like watch each other work on stuff and talk about it. We did a lot of calls where we would work through a chapter and then we had this process going back and forth between each other. And sometimes we'd be on, you know, on video on zoom and we'd also be working on the doc at the same time. That's so fun. This is really good. What if you did this? Almost like we had an editor with us the whole step of the way, which is fun. That is fun. Nice collaboration. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I know not everyone listening to this episode today has walked through infertility, but we do know most have um, known someone who has walked through infertility, but I wanted y'all real quick to share a little bit about the book so that they know what to expect because it's not like, that's one of the things what didn't exactly surprise me because I knew what your book was laid out, but it's it's not just like a book on infertility. It is. And when you talk about these short consumable chapters, anyway, you tell people, well, you're doing such a good job. What is the book? Is this a book? Is this a (laughs) devotional? What are these 31 reflections and share, just share a little bit about the book so people know what they would be getting themselves or giving to somebody else. Yeah. First of all, it's beautiful. It is so pretty. Great gift to give. I'm like holding it up as if you can see us, but you can't. We're we're both like rubbing the front because it's like this beautiful linen canvas. uh It has gold and it, someone would love to receive this. We wanted them to feel happy to get it, to read it. It makes you like instantly be like, (sighs) yeah. Yeah. Oh Oh my goodness. Sorry about that people. That was a moment. All right. So (laughs) we were so excited because we were like, we just wanted something that, like you said, consumable Mm -hmm. chapters. And we really wanted this to be, we go through the journey of infertility. Mm -hmm. That's how we kind of relate it. And we wanted something that felt very companion like, Mm -hmm. like if we were there holding your hand and I was meeting with you every week, Mm -hmm. every day, this is what I would take you through. Because it's like what y'all said at the beginning that y'all were both are the, not y'all in the beginning, but like our Sunday school class in the beginning of there were other girls yeah. in our group and y'all were just all hiding your infertility. Yeah. And so this book is for a lot of those women who are alone, but yeah. then they can feel like they have two besties coming alongside them. Yes. That's yeah. really the goal. Like, let me hold your hand. Let me walk you through this. Cause we first go, there's you know four sections. We take you through the emotional journey. That's what you need first. Mm-hmm. Then we take them through the spiritual journey because you have all the big questions. Yeah. Whether you're a believer or not, like all the big questions we go even into like, it's not a punishment and, you know, my story will be his story and it'll be worth it. And what a miracle actually looks like so many hard chapters. We just kept being like, it got harder and harder to write. We're like, what did we do to ourselves? (laughs) And then the third section is the relational journey. So husbands, family, friends, um, there's some great stories from Becky and I, and though, in that one. 
And then the last one is walking, um, the journey forward. So mm-hmm. it's really about, you know, IVF and, you know, if you get pregnant or if you don't and you're mm-hmm. motherless and how does, how do you go forward in your journey? Yeah. Um, because we're not all going to have the same story. And so we wanted to really hit and cover those topics. Um, and then the appendix, appendix, mm-hmm. um, or I would say just the appendix. Jen would know. You just wait. Jen, you should have come back. So there's an A, B, C, and D, which is hilarious um, because it's a, there's a one straight for the husbands. There's a chapter in the appendix that appendix. Wow, y'all. I'm struggling. <laughs> the end of the book. The end of the book. Um, that's just for those who are supporting someone going through it. So mm-hmm. it's called Help Me Wait. That's good. And what's great about that is it's for friends, it's mm-hmm. for family, it's for church, it's for whoever. So let us be the bad guys and either you guys go read it or let your friend give it to you to read. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you are a friend and you read some of this stuff, not just get it for them, that would be a game changer. Mm-hmm. It really that's would. Good. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's so good. The The other thing that's great about it is how you had talked about those short consumable chapters, because people who are walking through infertility, they don't have the energy, they don't have the time. And this is something where you can just grab it and read at any mm-hmm. point. And there's an audio version and the audio version has a special interview Jeez. that I got to do with Jen and Kelly. And we we go there. We answer for those walking through infertility. Mm-hmm. I ask them all the questions and they share all the stories. So you're definitely going to want to download that if you're going so through good. infertility. Um, there's a stat. You had said it's one in eight. I thought it was one in four. One in four is miscarriage loss. Wow. So, so one in eight is infertility, meaning they have struggled to conceive. Yeah. What, but one in four women have walked through miscarriage mm-hmm. that we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them hide it. Yeah. Right. Y'all, Jen might be coming back in. Oh, and Let's something see. else to tell you about the book is it has a reflect section. Uh-huh. So it has great questions that we intentionally wanted you guys to ask or them yeah. to work through pretty journal. with journal space and journaling and then a prayer because that's the last thing. Like, I didn't know how to pray. I remember yeah. telling you, like, yeah, yeah. I'm tired of praying. Yeah. It's not working. So you just give people the words. <laughs> yeah. Pray. So we give them the words to pray. And then there's an act of like something for them to move forward and do. So that's good. Okay. What I love about your ministry and this book is that even if the ministry or book isn't for someone listening today, they for sure should still listen because they likely know many women who are walking through this. As we just talked about one in four people have experienced a miscarriage. Um, we, and I just told y'all about the interview we did. So what I wanted to do for this episode is a little bit different. I wanted us to ask some questions for those of us who maybe we've experienced infertility or maybe we haven't, but we are the supporters. So you talked about those people who um, are there to support those walking through infertility. And so um, I'm going to ask y'all some questions okay. or maybe just you if Jen can. Get the Wi-Fi. We going. see her. Jen, are I'm you back. on now? I am. Hi, for now. For now. <laughs> Welcome back from Oregon. Um, so we're jumping into the questions now. Uh, at the the um the part of the questions for friends who are supporting. Okay. So the first question is: What is something others might not realize about those walking through infertility? 
question. I've already talked a lot. You got this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Well, yeah. So other people on the outside looking in, you might not realize that um, it's really grief of what your friend is going through or, or loved one family member. So, um, there, her experience might involve miscarriage, um, and it might not in any case, it involves, um, losing something. Um, you're mm-hmm. grieving, uh, um, the dream, um, of more, more than one dream. Like you're, you're grieving, uh, how you become a mom, like the timeline of when that's going to happen, how many kids like becoming pregnant with your friends, like it's like layers of grief. Mm-hmm. And so for someone else, um, who is supporting, um, you, the person who's going through infertility, um, be gentle, you know, like be understand that it is, um, they're going through loss. And so they're, they're going to be really struggling. Nothing to show for that loss. Yeah. Right. It's kind of a hidden loss, um, in some ways. And so, yeah, they may not, um, and so they don't get the kinds of things. Like if someone, uh, a loved one, a parent dies or something like, then you have the funeral and the memorial service, like that there's kind of this, um, we are accustomed to these rhythms of how, how it goes and like how to maybe try to comfort someone. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's very common to feel like helpless, not knowing what to do for a friend. And so, I mean, the biggest thing is just understand that they're grieving. Um, they're hurting. They won't always, um, be like rock stars in their faith. They will need Mm -hmm. some space to cry and to be, have those emotions and just listen, you know, just listen to them as they're processing all of that. What would you say, Kel, what are some of those things that when you were walking through infertility and loss that others might not have known was going on in your head and heart and life? Yeah. Yeah. And you've also got those women who aren't sharing it with anyone, Mm -hmm. you know, like Jen and I, we are different. We at least told close people around us. Mm-hmm. And so those close people knew and were <clears throat> trying, at least making efforts. Right. Um, obviously, they're not always. And we're going to get to in just a second yeah. what not to say and do and what to say and do. But the it, at least there was someone you knew. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that are just hidden. And so if you see that friend and you wonder and you question, like, um, pray that you would have the time and the opportunity to like ask them that question or to, or to really like, how are you really doing? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's going on? I Lord's put you on my heart and maybe that open door will allow her to share something mm-hmm. and to, to go there. Cause I know there's always those people that mm-hmm. we always kind of wonder. Right. Um, and maybe she doesn't have anyone, but I think the things yeah. friends that were just so good and helpful were really just sitting, like you said, sitting with me and being a friend or, um, noticing when I wasn't okay, Mm -hmm. or, you know, really like drawing in and walking with me through the junk because it felt like junk. It felt like Mm -hmm. a heavy, Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like myself. I wasn't who I normally was. 
I was grieving. So I was this different version of me. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, you know, your grandma died. Like mm-hmm. we all change when we're going through grief mm-hmm. and having someone walk with you through that and be like, I know you're not like, I know you don't feel your best. Mm-hmm. Can I just be near you? Can I help you? Can I, you know, whatever it may be that, that was life-giving because we can't hold ourselves up during this time. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Now this is a very important question and everyone needs to listen to this question. <laughs> what are some things your friends and family have done that were not helpful. Now, let me just disclaimer this. I don't know if it's a disclaimer, but let me just say this. We know that everyone who has done these things Mm -hmm. has done it with good intentions. Mm -hmm. And if you have done these things, this is not an opportunity to shame yourself, give yourself grace. Now, you know, better. Mm -hmm. So, but tell us, please tell us either you experienced it or people within the ministry you've heard of experienced it that happens that are not helpful. Yeah. We have some great posts about this on our Insta, but I mean, I think it really just, we know you mean well, but it comes down to heart intention and delivery. Mm-hmm. So like, what are you really trying to say? And the platitudes or the, or the covering of the pain mm-hmm. in an easier way for you doesn't help me. Mm-hmm. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Don't you make that a little more practical? Like you being like, I'm praying about it for you and it's going to be okay. Well, you don't know that. Yeah. So my pain is questioning constantly if God's going to actually do this. And me questioning, is God still good and wonderful? Even if he doesn't do this good mm-hmm. and wonderful thing. And so I'm wrestling with those. So when you're like, God's going to do it, it's yeah. going to be okay. Like that makes me be like, well, why did God tell you and not me? And Mm -hmm. so it really kind of stirs. And I know you're like, that's just a comment of like trying to be helpful. There's lots that are like that, right, Jen? Like Mm -hmm. we're attempting to be helpful and to be loving and to be empathetic instead of being like, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. How can I specifically Mm -hmm. pray? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, that's what I was going to say as far as the, a lot of times the comments that are hurtful and just yeah, make things worse are come from that place of wanting to fix it. Um, and that is, that's common. Like that happens not just with the infertility, but other things that people go through, right? Like we want, and we have this desire to help our friend or loved one, like get out of their situation. And so they will say like, have you tried X, Y, Z, you know, like, have you been to this doctor? And it, it kind of depends on the relationship too, and the timing of when you might bring that up. But um, yeah, that's where it gets into the weeds a little bit as far as like, Did how much do you say um, to so like, you try like this here. or yeah, like it is, um, especially with infertility, it's some things are just so crazy that the advice that people tell you about, and it's like, Yes, I know how this works, like how to make a baby. Like I get someone convinced me I didn't know. Like I know the birds and the bees. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if somebody feels like, oh my goodness, I had a friend who walked through infertility and she started seeing this natural path and now she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. 
they feel like it would be so helpful. Would y'all recommend don't like this? Like my thought would be maybe don't because they likely are researching every possible thing. But the friend also is like, oh my goodness, but if this could help her, it's like when people have cancer, right? right? Like people are sharing all the supplements of what could work. I think it's a stopping, asking the Holy Spirit, what do I need to step in and say, what is of you and what is of me trying to fix this and make this better? Because he's going to, he's, he gives us the words. He gives Mm -hmm. us the mouthpiece to speak from him. And so if we're asking for that, then we're going to be able to filter through what's noise and what's actually godly and loving. That's good. Yeah. And I think asking them too. So saying, well, keeping it open, first of all, keeping it open-ended, like what option, this is my go-to like recommendation. So what options are you looking into? And that is an open-ended question where they can start, you know, if they want to, they can just go right ahead and let it all out. And then you might already know, well, they've already seen this naturopath. Um, so that would even give you the information right there. And the other thing is to, um, to ask like, well, I have a story about a friend who did become pregnant. Would you like me to share about it or not? Like even just asking them that, um, can, they can say yes or no. Um, and, and just base it upon their, um, what they feelings for that day. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What they're feeling. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It can change from day to day. And so really like, mm-hmm. um, being attuned to their, um, preferences, which admittedly is very hard. Like, you know, you're on the hormonal roller coaster, so it does take a lot of work. Um, and so mm-hmm. that's why there's grace all around. What are things y'all would say friends what, that were not helpful when, um, <clears throat> that maybe how they responded if they heard you had had loss or they heard a treatment had failed mm. and also that they had done wrong in maybe like asking like when are y'all gonna have baby any of those kinds of comments where we put our foot in our mouth what are some common things we should maybe avoid with that Do you remember oh, yeah Do like you know? just relax and it'll happen oh yes um because relaxing is not the actual way to get pregnant. <laughs> um, <laughs> turns out. Turns out. I have a medical condition. Yeah. Turns yeah. out. So um, relaxing doesn't fix like diabetes or, you know, stuff like that. So um, yeah, just relax and you'll get pregnant. Just stop trying and it'll happen. Or have and you tried adoption? Yes. Because I've just heard. adopt and you'll get pregnant. It, that's a particular one. Like I'm very sensitive about that. Um, it did actually happen to us, but people said that beforehand. And I'm like, well, what, how do you think that, um, views, like, how do you think that projects the, um, adopted child as being a stepping yeah. stone? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but people don't know, and there's obviously nothing like it's adoption is wonderful. It, it's more of Um, again, the like suggestions of things that they Mm -hmm. probably already know and just add to the, they already feel a lot of shame and like, I should be doing this or that, or questioning those things. My body doesn't work. I'm broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So that kind of stuff, those are some particular or just trust God. Which is true. I mean, which is true. It's he true. Have timing, but that's mm-hmm. what I was talking about. We're already struggling with our faith and relationship with the Lord and, and trusting him in this is a daily, if not minute by minute mm-hmm. struggle. And so by doing that, I know you're trying to point us to truth. However, what we see is maybe I don't have enough faith. Mm-hmm. Maybe God's not going to give this to me. Mm-hmm. And it changes our view of who God is, Mm -hmm. which we need reminders of God is for us. God never leaves us or forsakes us. He is good today, tomorrow, and yesterday. Like Mm -hmm. we need the like foundational truths to be spoken over us. Um, Not a band-aid solution, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, And I think it's really, you know, open those conversation doors. Like the times that really helped me was honestly when Becky opened those doors of communication. Cause I already felt like I was driving everyone crazy. I couldn't get out of my own head. I didn't feel like myself. I was driving Justin crazy. Like it just felt like everything was spiraling. And so if I mm-hmm. had her be like, what's really going on and how can I help you walk through this? Cause I don't know what to do. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know either. So let's talk <laughs> through it, but, <laughs> but it helped, you know, or mm-hmm. saying that I'm sorry is both. It takes yes. both of you. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm not who I sh- normally would be right now. And I'm not mm-hmm. as fun as I would like to be or, mm-hmm. you know, present for you. And then, you know, in turn, Becky was like, I'm sorry. I don't know how to help you. Like mm-hmm. those open doors of communication brought us closer together and helped us to fight mm-hmm. for the friendship and also for moving forward, making it better. Mm-hmm. What are, because obviously, Kelly, you just shared that we walked through, we've been friends since before having children. And I got pregnant with Karis when y'all were already starting to intentionally try. Mm-hmm. And you experienced one or two losses, two. two losses. And then we got pregnant with Carter and Mariah at the same time. And that was just a month apart. A month apart. It was so fun. And they're still like best friends. And then we got pregnant with a third, this get lump on my throat. And we were like due within a week of each other. Mm-hmm. And um, y'all lost that, that baby. And I just mm-hmm. remember that was so hard to, for you to lose another kid. And then for me to not lose that baby. Um, and then Thankfully, Grayson came and what would the world be like without him, his little spunky self? But there is that gap now, like he's in a different grade than Chandler. So I feel like even in our life, our day-to-day life, there's always that reminder that we've kind of walked through in that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are things when you, in relationships, whether it's a family member or a friend and somebody's walked through infertility, what are things people have done that have been helpful, that have made it... Yeah. It's always going to hurt. You're always going to grieve it. Um, continuing, even though yeah. you're done having biological children now, it, there's still things. So what are things people can do to help support their friends? They're yeah. like, do this. This is good. Yeah. I mean, if you've had loss for sure, if they've had loss for sure, remember that baby, if they named it, remember like, use the baby's name. Like that's such a sweet gift to give them to mm-hmm. remember because they're remembering day all the time you know like it's hard for me to look at at 
Grayson and Chandler sometimes and not see that maybe mm-hmm. that's not here. Mm-hmm. And um, granted, I know there's so much blessing and so much joy that also came from that and that he redeemed and that loss. But I also think it's still lost. Yeah, it's still lost. So remembering their name, remembering dates, you know, giving um, books that are, you know, in the name of that child. Like mm-hmm. we would get um, sweet Christian kids books, baby books, whatever with, you know, to baby Ramsey, like, though you're not here with us, like you're loved, you're thought of like, Mm -hmm. and so we'll find those randomly as we go through our books with the boys. And that's just really sweet. Or for before we had kids, they'd be on, it was on our bookshelf and we would Mm -hmm. randomly read it or something to memorialize is really sweet. Like doing something for them, whether that's, you just come over and you like bring a plant or a tree and you're like, can I just plant this for you? Mm -hmm. Or you know, or people would deliver things to my doorstep when they knew we lost. And like, that was so sweet. They're like, I'm here. I know you don't want to hang out, but if you need someone to cry with, I'm here, Mm -hmm. but I dropped it off at your door. Mm -hmm. So like giving me the opportunity to be like, come in or thank you for the cookies or I'll open the door once you left. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't showered in five days. I probably won't open the door. (laughs) But in some of those moments, you know, I did let them just sit with me and hold me and cry. I mean, it's what I needed. Yeah. Like, that's how God uses each other to comfort. You know, I think of when he went, he knew he was going to raise Lazarus. Mm -hmm. Like, he knew it. Mm -hmm. And, but yet he took time to go grieve, Mm -hmm. weep, and stand with Mm -hmm. Mary and Martha. But he Mm -hmm. didn't have to. Right. Could have been like and done, right? But like he knew we needed to see that and to know mm-hmm. that and to share that with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jen, are there things people did in your journey that were particularly helpful for you? Yeah, I think that it took a little um, guidance, I guess. Like people, there were several who didn't really know what to do, you know, like you feel, like I said, you feel kind of helpless. Um, but really the just (laughs) texts and things saying like, I'm praying for you. Love you. I'm sorry. I mean, it's very simple, but that let me know that they were, um, that they were praying and that was an encouragement and, um, and the Holy spirit was moving through that. And so, uh, and then just the, I'm sorry, communicates so much. Like it's not their fault. It, it's not a, a blame sort of thing. It's just like, I'm sad about the situation with you. Yeah, for you. And that is like, there's camaraderie in saying that. Um, and we can empathize together, like saying that this just, this sucks and it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, some practical things. So, um, I just wrote about this for something else, but, um, we, so my husband and I went and and did IVF. Um, that was kind of our like last ditch attempt and, um, and it did not work. It was a complete failure. And so in that, Mm -hmm. when we went through that process and like people knew that we were doing that. And, um, so then I had to communicate and say, yeah, it didn't work. And, Mm -hmm. um, And, um, we were in a church small group and, uh, one of the other couples, like they didn't say anything. They just came over and dropped off some Chipotle 
and for dinner that night. And, um, like they didn't say anything else. Like they just said like, love you or something as a note. And Mm -hmm. they just, they, yeah, it was a a ding dong ditch or whatever. Like they just dropped (laughs) it and left. Um, and so that it was so incredible, um, getting a meal. Like, I don't think I ate it because I was so upset. I think I ate it later or something like that. Like it's yeah. for another day, but the fact that they thought they didn't even ask, they just did it. And, um, yeah. and they came and they and valued they- that loss. Like they valued like it failing because that is a right. loss. Like you lost embryos, yes. you lost life, you lost your babies. Um, and I think even in the Christian culture, we have forgotten to do that for others. Like to yeah. realize grief is something to step in with others and loss. Right. Yeah. And on top of that, it was the whole, like people know to bring meals to someone who just had a baby. Yeah. And this is like the complete opposite of that. Right. And so it was just um, like, I'll never forget that moment mm-hmm. as I like a very, like God moving in that moment to say, no, see, you are cared for. And, um, there's so much about infertility that feels like isolating. And, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that, that small, like, you know, little Chipotle meal that made such a big impact (laughs) for me in terms of like getting through, cause it was a survival, um, sort of time frame. So yeah, our friends, yeah. Them being thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I had from you, Becky, that's really solidified our friendship and made it stronger was just the thoughtfulness because, you know, just like with your spouse, you're going to have to hold each other up mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's going to be, one's going to be weak and one's going to be strong. It felt that way with friendship too. And I just felt like I had a support system to lean back on when I was like rushing Mm-hmm. and falling apart. Like there mm-hmm. were services at church where I bawled my eyes out almost to the point where I didn't want to go anymore, even though we were on leadership and Becky would just hand me an, a note. And it was like full of scripture or prayer or whatever the Lord was telling her right then. And it just, whew, so the like thoughtfulness of putting yourself aside and, and meeting that person where they're at in that grief, yeah. like Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Losing it right now. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things that in being a friend who chooses to not be passive in the grief and the suffering is I'm obsessed with your kids, you know, like, because (laughs) I feel like next to you and Justin, I prayed the hardest for their coming, Mm. you know, because, (laughs) because I waited with y'all and Mm -hmm. not perfectly, of course, but I sure tried to show up as much as possible. And the gift in that is I've gotten to see the good and the hard, yeah. but I've also gotten to see the miracles and mm-hmm. that's been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other things yeah. I would add to the list of practicals is Can I say something. That yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. The stepping in when we're stepping in fully, we're getting to see the Holy spirit move yeah, and yes. we're getting to take part in what he intended for this relationship mm-hmm. and life and connection to be in. Mm-hmm. I think if we don't, we miss out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, Sorry, you're practical. No, practical. So like, it's like what you had said, Jen, like I've heard and experienced when I've been in seasons of grief or sickness, 
when people simply have said to me, because I'm like, I think most of us women don't like to take help. It's like, we're fine. Cause Chris mm-hmm. can go to Chipotle and pick up Chipotle. For yeah. me. You know, like he's right. hurting, but he's not hurting as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but having friends who are like, I am having Chipotle delivered to your house yeah. or I'm picking it up. Let me know what you would like or else I'll get, just get you, you know, and mm-hmm. they just deliver it. Um, the other thing recently last fall, I went through some health stuff and I had so many people just send me, Hey, just so you know, I just sent you $50 on DoorDash Mm -hmm. order, whatever your family Mm -hmm. loves, because they're like, I know it's easier for you just to place it than for me to get it. And like, you know, like that was really sweet. And then also, I just want to reinforce what you have said multiple times, Jen, but I want to make sure people hear it of just validating the emotion. When anybody is walking through anything hard, whether it's infertility, whether it's miscarriage, whether it's waiting Mm -hmm. for a baby, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's any type of anything, Mm -hmm. we all can undermine it. And so for us to simply just say to one another, I'm sorry, that sucks. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to add God's got it or God's got a plan or God's ways are perfect. We already know those things. Mm -hmm. And maybe we don't, or maybe we don't believe them at that moment, but that at for most people, that's not necessary at that moment. Mm-hmm. They don't need to hear God's got it because that almost feels like a slap from God. Right now, they just need to hear just as Jesus would, right? When Mary came to mm-hmm. him, when Martha came to him, he didn't say back to them, it's okay. I yeah. got this, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're like, where were you? Where yeah. <laughs> were you? And they were like, if you had only, only been only here. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his response after hearing that a second time was to weep because Mm -hmm. he knew he could have saved Lazarus and yet he did it. And now his people were hurting and his friend was dead. Um, So it is so important as Christians that we don't just say what we think is the right Christian thing to say, Mm -hmm. but we say the thing people need to hear Mm -hmm. and they need to hear. I'm sorry. This sucks. This must hurt so much. Yeah. Yeah, I love you. You're Mm -hmm. not alone. Yes. Um, okay. We need to wrap things up a little bit, but I did want y'all to say a couple of things. One, since a lot of the people listening today are friends of somebody who might need this book. Okay. How do we give a book like this to someone, especially if they've not opened up about it, but we know they're going through it. What <laughs> Kelly's like slowly sliding the book across my desk. Um, <laughs> how do you give this to somebody? What would be like a not insensitive way to it into the hands of other people. Okay. Well, there's like two camps for this. You've got the people who you know are going through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, if it's your close, close friend, you know they're going through it, then you immediately order this for yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's everywhere Amazon, it's Target, Walmart.com, all, all the dot coms. Yeah. And um, you get online, you order it for them, you have it shipped to their house. This or is the Chipotle, you just send just it. You do don't it. Have. This is a close friend. Or you, have it sent to your house and you bring it with something mm-hmm. to their house, because this is what I would have needed. Like mm-hmm. yeah. this would have been mm-hmm. a game changer for me. And then if they're not, and they're like, you know, an acquaintance or someone, you know, in passing or um, someone you're not sure about that one's a little bit trickier. And so, Oh man, there's a few ways you can go about this. This is hard. I would think about what you would want. If it was you in that position with that friend, like say you're the reverse, think about what you want. Cause every friendship is slightly mm-hmm. different. So it's hard to be like, mm-hmm. this works for everyone. Right. 
So I would think about that in the reverse. What would they, what would you want in that situation? And then try to do that. So whether that's, you know, send it as a suggestion, a text message, or still just give it to them or, um, or ask their husband first, if you know him or one of their friends that's closer to them. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of ways to go about it because if it's a person who's not going to receive it well, obviously you don't want to just be like, here you go. Yeah. The hard thing is like those walking through infertility and loss, it's a secret club, right? It's a secret club. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to join. So one of the things I would ask all of you knowing one in four women. So when you're on Instagram, when you're on Facebook, more than 25% of the people on your feed are in need of this book currently. Mm. Um, so what I would recommend is for those situations where it's like friends you don't know yeah. is let's all share a link on our Facebook and Instagram about this book. Even if you don't even have anybody to buy it for in your life mm. right now, there's people there watching you somebody yeah. like Kelly yeah. and Jen who have been hiding and they're worth a resource to get. Kelly told me, mm-hmm a story this past week of somebody who had randomly reached out to her. She, she always, I don't know how, but people just come into your life all the time who need to hear your story. And she had found out Kelly had um, infertility and they were meeting and this person had just experienced a loss and Kelly had her copy, the one copy, the publisher had sent her, she had it in her purse and she was like, she called me like in tears over voice text. I don't know. I'm saying like, I finally have the book that I needed then. And so what I would, that's what you can do when you share about on Facebook and Instagram, send it in your email or your like your church's women's group, Facebook group, because people don't know they need this Mm -hmm. because this isn't going to be a book that when somebody's reading it, they post about it on Instagram. They're not going to be sharing because they don't want anyone else to know. Yeah. So I think it's our job to share for those of us who maybe are the three and four. That would be huge. If everyone who's not going through it was sharing, then the ones who are going through it can see it. I can see Mm -hmm. it. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And the ones Um, who have been through it. Yes. And can encourage those who are still in the middle. Yeah. Like that was, I had a great friend who, well, we ended up leading a support group together, but she was at a very different place in her journey. And I don't know what I would have done without her. Like she was like my mentor and friend and co-leader, everything. Um, So I think that makes a big impact. And then there's a lot of women, like, I think we, we doubt ourselves a lot. Right. But um, when we go through something, we're like, well, I'm supposed to be done with that now. Yeah, but hey, check that you off. can, yeah, you can reach back to your yeah, sisters yeah. who are still there. And wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't you want that sort of perspective and that hope that can come and be reinvigorated when you hear from someone who has been through it? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. if you've been through it, like, because the more that you talk about it, the more you hear stories come up. And this is why I think it happens to Kelly and I, that people just come up to us. It's because we've talked about it. Yeah. So people know, oh yeah, I can go to her. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think when you're, when when people are vulnerable with you, make sure you take that time to really lean in, to really hear what's going on with their heart, asking the questions, what's really going on here? Because I mean, I, more than anyone have realized, like they're hiding something always. Mm-hmm. And for some reason they'll share with me because I'll usually say, 
yeah, I run an infertility ministry. It's kind of hard for them not to then tell me whatever yeah. is really painful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but it's there and they want someone to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my other encouragement for is that you're obviously you want to tell people about this book because for a lot of people, this is their first step to being mm-hmm. seen, to feeling encouraged. But Waiting Hope is a whole ministry. It's not just this book. Um, so go to wittinghopeinfertility.com on Instagram. What's your handle? Waiting.in.hope. That's it. Yeah. No mm-hmm. infertility. Yeah. Okay. Waiting.in.hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too bad we couldn't get the right one. <laughs> Too bad, but it's fine. It's good. Um, follow them on Instagram for encouragement. They are they post things all the time just to encourage you, help you feel seen and loved as you are going through your scroll. Um, and the ministry also has support groups. As they just said, they're international now. So if you're listening to this in Australia, give them a holler. Um, I'm not going to do an Australian accent. Do it. No, you go. I tried to get Kelly to do an accent earlier. I don't know if you were on that or not, but no, you I can do an Australian accent. I can't just because my brother-in-law and sister-in-law live in Australia. Doesn't You've mean been to Australia. I'm as good wow. at accents as you are. <laughs> um, anyway, you could join a small group. You could yes. start a small group, but there's tell also church online, about it. Yeah, tell, churches yeah. are yes. their host spot for groups. And there's also online groups and there's a membership site. There's all the things So go to waitinghopeinfertility.com. Yeah. If you have a friend, share our website. Yeah. yeah. That will be her first source of help. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always done. The moment I hear about somebody or if somebody shares about somebody who's going through infertility or loss, the first thing I do is I send them to the website. Now I can also send them to the book, but mm-hmm. everything's yeah. gonna the hub, there. everything will be linked through yeah. the website. All right, Jen and Kel, thank you so much. Is there anything that we didn't that you didn't get to say that you want to say? Or do you think we covered a lot? Covered a lot. If we didn't, it's also on the audio interview. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm just so thankful for your hearers and doers and your followers, because they're the women who are really going to step in Mm -hmm. for this one and eight for that friend, for that sister, for that, you know, daughter. I I just, I can't wait to have a generation who is like talking even more openly and Mm -hmm. loving about this and Mm -hmm. not making us feel like we need to hide. Yeah. Or you're less than. Or, or yeah, we're less than a woman. I'm just, I'm really thankful that these things get to be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really thankful. Thank you, Becky, because yeah. uh, giving us space and time to talk about these things that are not like trending topics. <laughs> <laughs> the fun things? I don't know why. But it's like such an uplifting topic for my first interview podcast. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> We'll do a friend one later. <laughs> Thank y'all. I'm proud of y'all. I'm so excited. I can't wait for this book to get into so many people's hands. Yay. Go back. Go in home. <laughs> go back. Go. All right. Thanks y'all. Thanks so much. James 122 in the ESV says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Or the message translation says it even more bluntly. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. This podcast is called Hears and Doers because that's the kind of people we are committing to becoming. Women are men who choose to not just hear what is true, 
but actually live it out in our day-to-day lives. I'd love to hear your big takeaways from today's episode. Would you share them? Post them on social media and be sure to tag me at Becky Kaiser. And if you love today's episode, don't forget to give it an awesome review because that helps others find the show too. And you can always text the link to friends so they don't miss it either. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day, my friend. Love you so.